0: Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes, from deep within you, leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weidman, blended three decades' experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us, and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Today is a very special guest. I first met today's guest in 1985. He invited me to go to to a introduction for Mastering Psychotherapy. I attended. Then, after I went through the course, I was astounded at what I could accomplish. Then I wound up participating in getting my master's degree. And after I finished, I reconnected with this fine young man. He was young then. He's not quite so young now. This was a couple years ago. In 1989, he donated his time to launch a change initiative to transform the Indiana welfare system in Montgomery County, Indiana. That led to a seven year run. He also was involved in being an instigator In affecting positive change at the state level. In addition to that, he is somebody who is a published author. He has written a book, and it is called Frontline Heroes, Battling the Business Tsunami by Developing Performance-Oriented Cultures. It was published in 2012. Please join me in welcoming today's guest, Bruce Hodes. And the title of this session today is Creating
1: a High-Performance Work Culture. Welcome, Bruce. Well, thank you. And I just wanna let anybody who listened to this know that I appreciate uh, that you give your time and uh, feedback about whether this conversation that we're about to have makes a difference is appreciated. And it's really intended to make a difference and a contribution. And thank you for listening.
0: Thank you. Why did you pivot from clinical social work into business consulting three plus decades ago?
1: I grew up in a family owned company. And so I had business sort of around me. And as I became a therapist, I was always interested in business. Um, Not sure why, but it's certainly what my father did. My mother became a psychotherapist. So I fulfilled on that. And then my father was a business executive. And so five years into psychotherapy, I wanted to um, really make a difference in business. And I had no idea what I was doing. So one of the things I did is get my MBA from Northwestern. And that really, really helped me focus on the contribution that was to be made in business. so
0: what stokes your passion today to serve others through your business?
1: I love that people uh, in interacting with our work have more possibility and more freedom and more ability to make a difference and perform than they did before we worked with them. And I love that. I love making a difference with people so that they're freer to act and they're able to act more powerfully.
0: Thank you. I believe that what you did in psychotherapy is still relevant to what you do today. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not different, depending on where you want to go with coaching and and making a difference with people and psychotherapy. I mean, people have been making a difference with other people for thousands of years. And you can call them shamans, you can call them grandmothers, you can call them whatever. But people have the ability to make a difference in language through conversation with people. We've always done that, from what I can tell. I wasn't back there then, but from what I can tell.
0: You've been around a long time though, Bruce. (laughs) 30 plus years in business consulting.
1: Yeah, but my hunch is back in the cave days that people would talk to other people and from the conversation something else would become possible which is the essence of psychotherapy which is the essence of coaching is that something that wasn't possible for the person that being engaged with now becomes possible and actions consistent with that possibility are taken and i think that's been done for a long long time and it can be called psychotherapy Hasn't been called coaching.
0: Now, one of the areas you focus on, one of your areas of expertise has to do with family-owned businesses, privately held businesses. Tell us about some of the challenges that that happen in privately held businesses, family businesses.
1: Well, they're different. So let's take family-owned. So family-owned, many times, you have the family dynamics in the business. And our work is really about taking, making sure that the business is running a great business and not a family business. So when I interact with somebody in a family business, I say, look it, if you want a family business, I'm not the guy. If you want to run a great, guy, great business, I am the guy and very interesting. And if you want to take the family out of family business, I'm there. Uh, you know, many people say that, you know, we run our company like a family. The issue for me with that is most families are so dysfunctional that it's not a good model. And again, you find many family companies, there are many great companies. The great company invariably have taken the family out of the family business. And they run it like a great business. And they're very serious about it. The family companies that get in trouble, and many of them don't last to the second generation and most of them don't last to the third generation because family gets in the way and the family dynamics kill the business.
0: Makes sense. Now, can you share a story about serving others through CMI?
1: So there was a CEO who worked at his family business and his father, who was semi-retired and ran the company for a long time, kept coming in, in his retirement, and really running the company uh, behind his back. And what we did was effectively coach and have the son, who was the acting CEO, really work with his dad so that his dad left the company and did not come back from time to time. And that allowed him to lead the company and become much more effective without the interference of his father.
0: Thank you. That's a great illustration of how families can be dysfunctional in a family-owned business. And that's a great example of taking the family out of it, too. Thank you for sharing that. Who do you serve now through CMI and how do you serve them?
1: For the most part, I get called into business. Actually, a couple of things. One is business teams who are having trouble functioning and they know they could have a good performance, but they need a catalyst from which to uh, perform. And so I'm the catalyst. The other thing is, I do have expertise in strategic planning and focus. So a company that knows that they need to plan, they know that they need to focus. And again, I'm a resource. Uh, Our planning is very actionable. So people will take action from the planning we do. And really that's what it's about is taking action. Any place you get to, is a result of actions taken or actions not taken. So the action piece is really critical.
0: And action gets to strategy execution too. So really what you're talking about is strategy execution.
1: Right, well, and, and that people are taking action and are supported in taking action and their feedback from, from others on, are they taking the right action? Do they need to take more action? they need to do less of something, more of something? But what they're doing and who they're being is critical components to any way, anything that you're going to develop in business. And in business, also the focus is really critical, that, you, that the business has the right focus and that people in the business are taking the right focus.
0: There is an entity called KeenLink. Tell us about that.
1: Well, it's really uh, the Keen methodology, and it was developed by um, two people of a husband and wife called Wayne Nelson and Kelly Nelson. And I love it because I love the language of it. So it really about employee engagement and employee alignment so that there's something called a performance agreement in which the manager and the employee design really what the employee is out to accomplish in the year. And then there are progress meetings, and that in those progress meetings, the manager and the employee get together and really do a gap analysis on how the employee is doing on performing in the way that they said they were going to perform. And so there's a lot of coaching and communication that can go on in those 30-minute meetings. So it's a very disciplined approach to getting things done. And that's what it's about. It's about discovering execution and executing, making things happen
0: in business. And I'll bet you have a story you can share about your work utilizing KeenLink to make a difference with a business.
1: Yeah, there's a very powerful story. So about seven years ago, there was a company that was uh, not uh, demonstrating good customer service. And there was a very, very high dissatisfaction rate uh, and more than, and they did five-year contracts. They were in the c- commercial laundry business. They did five-year contracts for delivering uniform and mats. And half their bid, half their customers said, "We are not going to renew with you. We are highly dissatisfied." And so they began to focus on that, and they used the Keen methodology and the software Keenlink to do that, where. Enhancing customer service and the actions behind that became linked up into that, and everybody focused on that, and it became a really big deal. And they have dramatically improved their scores and the feeling about their customers so that in their industry, they have one of the highest scores. You know, they do surveys every year against other uniform companies, and they are among the highest, if not the highest, in the country. And so, and that raise came, it was a lot of hard work, but in part, the key methodology let them focus on that and constantly reinforce that they needed to be focused on that and talk about that and look at that. So I saw a very dynamic uh, result that came from that over the last five years. Dramatic.
0: I can see you have some passion for this.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a really great story. And it's you know, modeled and it's been measured and you know it's the real deal. It's not like foo foo flop. It really is the real deal. And and they have grown from that and their profit has grown from that and their customers like them. Their employees are happy. Their employee retention is quite low. So there's a success story anywhere you cut it.
0: Thank you for sharing that. One of the interesting things about working with you Bruce is who is the champion. And I believe the person that's a champion is the CEO of the company in the way you work with people.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, the champion, I'm not sure what you mean by champion, but let's say that for the, for the sake of the conversation, it's the person who needs to take action. Uh, and, and so for me, that would be anybody I'm working with would be the champion.
0: Yeah. When you work with a company, you're not, you're not the champion. True?
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly, whoever I'm working with is the champion because they're the ones who are are out to who need to take action or need to be in a different way.
0: So it's always their performance that impacts the outcome.
1: Right. And and their performance is generated by who they're being and who they're being is generated by their doing. So no, being generates doing. Now, one of the
0: things you do, Bruce, that I don't think is typical, you do a lot of active work with teams of people. I would love to know about what you call stupid games and why you do them.
1: Okay. Stupid games are, is a game that a group has to do together and we use them as practice fields for Uh, business groups to practice collaboration and problem solving. And from my view, we don't do a good job of getting groups of business people and give them practice in business so that they can get better at problem solving and collaborating. And, you know, lots of other things do. Military teams do, sports teams do, drama teams do, play teams do, dance teams do, and business does not. And I think We found that the more you can give business teams an opportunity to practice by using these stupid games to see how they need to communicate, to perform together. And for people to really deal with, we have to perform together and that we are mutually accountable for the result that the group produces, that's team. And that dynamic uh, needs to be present for a team to really produce results as a team.
0: Do you have a story you can share that illustrates the point you're making?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, working with uh, a, a cheese company that makes cheese. They actually put cheese into bags and you've seen the bags of cheese hanging up in your grocery store for in all probability. And then uh, with the, the leadership team that did that, and they had not made a profit in five years. And when I began to work with them, uh, they were very siloed, and sales did their thing and marketing did their thing and production did their thing and finance did their thing. And in our work, through utilizing the stupid game, what you can learn from playing the stupid game, they began to think, see that they were doing our thing. So in a strategic planning meeting, the marketing uh, person said, you know what, we need to make our numbers. I have $100,000 that I'm not using. And I'm going to make that available to sales so sales can use it to get to run uh, discounts in the grocery store so people will buy more of our cheese and then we'll make our numbers. That was unheard of, that he considered his marketing dollars as our dollars. And then as an executive, how do we best leverage these dollars to make a difference? Versus those are my dollars, I'm going to use it for marketing and that's what I'm going to do. So that, that's team, that we're all accountable for the result. And then we leverage our strengths to go after the results that we want.
0: Great example, Bruce. Thank you for sharing that. You've been doing high-performance teams for a long time, true? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Shockingly so.
0: <laughs> you could say that you're not a young man. Yes. Yeah, and many people that are your age may choose to be retired. There is a reason you're not retired.
1: Yeah, I like what I do. I mean, several times in this interview, I mean, I get excited about what's possible for people and what's possible for groups of people. And in that, I get what's possible for me. And as long as that's exciting and engaging and worthwhile, I'm in. And when it ceases to be that way, I'm out. Got it. And so far, it's a worthwhile endeavor. And... People still call me and say, you know, you want to work with us. And, you know, I keep thinking that people are going to stop wanting to hear from the old fart. And I'm shocked that they want to and that I'm still relevant. And as long as that people are are getting something out of the conversation, I am really excited about having the the conversation.
0: And what you call an old fart, I will call a wise one.
1: (laughs) There you go. The wise fart. <laughs> there you go.
0: Well, there's a lot of wisdom that comes with experience, too. Yes. Yeah. And often in a culture, it's not necessarily valued. Yeah. And yet you're
1: valued. Yeah. I mean, it's like you need to have your attention over there. And if your attention is over there and you're making a difference over there, people are going to talk about the difference you made. And then from that, they'll talk to other people, and other people will get interested in that. And really, I'm at a, at a place where that's sufficient. I'm not saying that all we can business, you don't have to market like that, but it's sufficient. And, and then you can really focus and concentrate on making a difference and having people find what you talk and how you be with them valuable. Thank you. And that's the opportunity and gift.
0: And I know from my own experience how generous you are with your time.
1: Right. You're probably so still
0: doing some volunteer
1: work, right? Well, not actively, but I have uh, in the past year, and I'm not actively doing anything now. Uh I was working with and coaching the board of a tutoring. They tutor kids there in the Austin neighborhood of Chicago, and most of the tutors come from the Oak Park section of Chicago, which are side by side, And and they tutor children in reading. And I was coaching and working with the board to come up with nice. a plan. Currently, I live in Three Oaks, Michigan, and I'm making plans to engage in my community. I haven't, and I'm looking at volunteering at an elementary school or a middle school, and we'll see that. I haven't taken any tangible actions yet, but I plan to.
0: Now, there's somebody listening right now that's engaging with this conversation, and they want to learn
1: more from you. How can they stay connected with you, Bruce? So- Drop me a email, you know, I will respond. WhatsApp. I'm uh B Hody at cmiteamwork.com. We have a great website called cmiteamwork.com. And so those those are the best ways to reach out. I'm in LinkedIn and I'll respond. My phone number 708-476-7970 US. So I'm excited to respond to people and support people. And the meter's not running. I just like to learn what people are up to and support whatever they're in to support.
0: Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate you for sharing that. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for being a guest on today's For Embers and Wind.
1: Yeah, thank you for what you've taken on, Keith. It's really clear that you want to contribute to people and make a difference. So thank you for that. That's a gift. You don't have to.
0: And thank you for joining us today on Embers and Wind. Look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. All
1: All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind rated this podcast and written a review. Please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.